Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining me today. I'm excited to have my guest, Dr. Stephanie Ryan, Ph.D., and I want to welcome you to the show, Stephanie. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. I mean, this is going to be fun. For those of you listening, Stephanie is the founder of Ryan Education Consulting, and she is the author of Let's Learn About Chemistry. And I don't know what you know about chemistry, but we're going to be talking about that and STEM and all kinds of things that are science related. And I'm just, I'm so excited, Stephanie, to have you, to have you join us. And I thought we could start off by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so I am a mom and a scientist and an educator. And after I became a mom, I kind of took my science education background and applied it to the younger crowd. And Mm -hmm. that is where my book came from. Um, So I have my own company, Ryan Education Consulting, and I am based in Carmel, Indiana, and like I had mentioned off air, uh, we may hear some thunder in a little bit. Got a nice <laughs> storm rolling in. Um, and I write curricular materials, so assessment items and curricular materials. And I'm always looking to make sure that we always understand what a student is thinking. So I don't want to make assumptions about what they're thinking or have gotcha moments of where I tricked them up on some math. Um, I want to make sure that we really, I want their voices to be heard. Wow. Where were you when I was trying to learn math? You know, that's, <laughs> it's, it's not an easy subject. And it's, it's certainly easier for some other than others. My husband was an engineer, math and science, and all those things came quite naturally to him. You might imagine talking came easy to me. So. <laughs> With that in mind, because, you know, it, it takes a combination, right? We can't all be exactly alike. But I think what you're doing is so exciting and and how you are able to take your message to all levels. And that, I think, is what makes this even more exciting. So I'm just curious, what, what started, what spurred your interest about science to start with? Well, my dad was an engineer when I was younger, and he kind of pushed us into science areas, but it also was the same time frame where girls in science programs were being pushed in the 80s and 90s. So I think it was just like a culmination of the two, but I was surrounded by it. It was encouraged. It wasn't something that I was told I couldn't do. It was saying Mm -hmm. that, look, girls can do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... I think that that really plays into how I view it, too, is I always look at representation and make sure that students feel like they're seeing themselves in the work I do so that they have that feeling like I had. 
That's that's nice. What kind of an engineer was your father? Industrial engineer. Okay. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I oftentimes will say to people, you know, do you know an engineer? Whether it's a man or a woman, but when I usually ask that question, I'm thinking I'm relating it to my own life, so meaning like my husband, because we were so different. Um, he was the kind of man that was analytical and could just grasp concepts and didn't have to spew about it. He just knew it, and all of that was very common for him. So it actually made for a very good relationship because we we each brought our own specialty to the marriage. So I know engineers are very, very interesting, and I think that's terrific that you enjoyed science because, like you said, by the time you were in school and moving forward, um, science wasn't just a thing for the boys. You know, it wasn't just the boys that took chemistry, that everyone was encouraged to take chemistry. You had to take those classes if you wanted to get into college. So I think that that's great. And with your love for your for this field, um, tell me a little bit about your um, education consulting um, business. When did that start, and what's your mission for that business? Um, I started that back in, I think it was 2016. It's been a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And the thing that I focus on is assessments and curricular development. And I really like being able to choose which companies I work with and the content that I want to take on. And I really like to be able to give a product that isn't, like I said, a gotcha moment or something that kids could pull out A and Z very quickly and then narrow down answers. Like, that doesn't help anybody. That's just test-taking skills. And so the way I want it to be is if you have a multiple-choice question and a kid picks A and it's wrong, you know the steps that you need to take to help that kid get back on track. That's my goal. And I know education isn't quite there yet. Um, I know questions are written that way. Whether teachers actually get that kind of level of feedback depends on where they're from. But um, that's my goal, and I like being able to do that. So with that in mind, I was one of those moms. I was one of those stay-at-home moms. I was one of those moms that was very involved in PTA and all of that, that that worked around with that. So does your company, do you deliver this kind of educational products to schools in your community? How, how, how do the schools get to know what it is you do? Um, so I tend to work directly with states or publishing companies, uh, less so with the districts. But I have worked with districts when they are trying to make their own curricular materials. So sometimes the district might say, you know, instead of adopting our own a new textbook, we'd rather make our own, um, and I'll help them with that process. So that all just depends. Um, mostly, though, I work at the at the higher level, and then it gets put into schools later. I see. That's, and, and, and at all grade levels, is that right? Yeah. Um, I mostly do between K-12. I still do a lot at the college level as well. Um, I haven't done as much with uh, post-grad stuff yet. Not recently, mm-hmm. it's been a while, but um, as I think I've, you and I had talked before, now that I have a five-year-old, I focus a lot on that age group as well, <laughs> so um, I, re-looking at the world through a five-year-old's eyes really changes how you view content. <laughs> but isn't that great? 
because you wouldn't know it otherwise. You know what it looked like for you, but when you, like you say, when you hear about it through, a, when you when you observe it through a five-year-old, whatever that might be, I mean, could it be something as simple as that caterpillar that's going to turn into a chrysalis that's going to turn into a butterfly? Is it ever anything yeah, like that? It is, yeah, and it's um, sometimes there are steps missing. And one of the things that's funny, you just used that example. We have a little model set that we got. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the butterfly kit of where you order the caterpillars, and then you watch them build their cocoons and then become butterflies, and then you release them into your neighborhood garden. And we did that, and it came with this little set. It was modeling the life cycle. And my son asked me the question, Mommy, I know boy and girl don't both lay eggs, but is this a boy or a girl butterfly in their kit? And I was like, how do you tell the difference between a boy and a girl butterfly? So then I started looking all this information up, and we ended up making a TikTok video out of it of, like, all the information and how I think that 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 model actually did have a picture of a boy butterfly laying the eggs. (laughs) Isn't that? Even, like, thinking through that. Isn't that, I mean, I didn't know that story, and I had that, I I haven't had the beautiful um, monarchs um, in the milkweed and all of that, but I had, I know we're digressing slightly, but in thinking about butterflies, because I had the same question, I actually had a caterpillar that turned into a yellow swallowtail, and it was like, oh my God, Look at the look at this caterpillar. Look at the colors. And then it went to the chrysalis and then it came out and then I guess it was moist cuz you start looking things up. And then it kind of still like circles around my yard and I'm thinking, "Well, dang, do you know that this is where you started? And are you a boy or a girl?" Now, I know there's people that know about those things and I realize that isn't exactly chemistry, but it is science related and I guess if you think about it, Probably everything we do is science, from how we cook to how we think. I mean, I never really thought about it that way. It's 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 very it's a very interesting subject, and 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 in moving with our questions, because my kids are are older than you, STEM was not around when my kids were in high school, and uh, for those people that don't know what STEM is, which does not have an A in it. I thought that you could talk a little bit about STEM, what it means, and just everything that would be helpful in us understanding what STEM is. Yeah, so STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And if you do add the A for arts, it becomes STEAM. So you'll see both of those um, labeled on toys and products and things online. Um, And so what that just, generally means and here's the thing that as a parent and a scientist I it took me a minute to realize about kids learning is that it's not formal all the time so it's not that oh we're going to sit at the table and we're going to learn this fact it is just like recognizing a pattern is stem um or um, backing up a conclusion with evidence that's stem because that's a skill you use in stem um, or 
it can get more complicated. Like if you play a game that, um, like we have this game called the ladybug game and you have to collect 10 of the aphids for the bug to get or something. It's like counting. Mm -hmm. The simple counting is steps. So it doesn't have to be this like hard thing that you're learning all of this content for. It's the basic, basic stuff you do around your house. STEM is involved. Science is all around us. And if you get at the level of a small child and you look at it, there's a lot of cool stuff that they're learning. And you can be a part of that fun. You know, you you are drawing so many pictures in my mind. You really are. I, I, I and, and and here's a picture you just drew in my mind and I think this is you're gonna say that's exactly what I'm talking about. So you've got your little kid, he's sitting in or she's sitting in the shopping basket and you're going down the cereal aisle and you're going, Hmm, I wonder how many boxes of Cheerios are on this row, this aisle, this shelf. Bobby, let's count. You start. I'm going to point. You count. Okay, what is that? One. Right. Next. 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 Are we talking about things like that? Yes. Um, And to take it even a step further, thinking of walking through Target. um, Our Target has a grocery store. I'm not sure if that's everywhere. But Mm -hmm. in ours, we would be walking through the aisle, and you could even classify, like, hmm, this aisle looks like it all has a theme. What do you think that theme is? Um, and it could be like, hmm, this all looks like bread maybe or breakfast. And you can even just go to that. That is a skill that we teach in STEM. And it's something that you don't think about until you, like take, like I said, take it all the way back <laughs> to the simplest That's, components. Isn't that maybe, maybe I was doing that all along and just didn't even realize it. Because I, I I was that mom that, that did those things and read those books and, you know, even like Good Night Moon. What's a moon? You know, it's, it's, it's really, I, I think that parents are so busy today that, you know, anytime you have that opportunity, whether you're riding in the car or you're walking down Target, like you said, at, the, at that youngest level, but I suppose as you get into, an, a, you know, mathematics where you're learning times tables or things like that. So, you know, Bobby, there's three boxes that way. There's four boxes that way. How many boxes is that all together? That's what you're talking about, isn't it? Three yeah, times four is 12. Yeah, say that you know that they're like this box of granola bars has six in it and it costs this much. How much do you think each granola bar is? And like oh, putting man. those math problems in like real act. Um, I think that that's really helpful and it's, it doesn't have to be something that you're adding on extra to your day because you, like you mm-hmm. said, parents are very busy and I know there are a lot of things that are like services and kits that you can get delivered and it feels like it's extra. So I get that, that maybe we don't all have time to add those or the resources to do that. But you can make a snack with your kid and you can make patterns in it. So I do parfaits with my son with yogurt and I let him pick out five ingredients and we label them A, B, C, D, and E. 
and he makes a pattern with those letters, and then he has to fulfill the pattern over and over and over until he runs out of an ingredient. And that is math, and it's delicious, and it preps him for chemistry when you talk about limiting reactants because you run out of something. Um, so it's like looking at recipes and getting them ready for that. And it's, but it only took me three minutes to write the post-it. Isn't that interesting? You know, and I would say that this subject not only is great for you and your peer group and maybe that some that have children older, but this is just equally, especially today, for the grandparents and the aunts and uncles and 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 siblings that can also do this because maybe you know I don't have grandchildren I have grand dogs and grand cats so I'm not going to be doing that with them but I certainly know a lot of people that have grandchildren and I think that that you make the point that this is this can be done with Everyone, it can be done on the playground. You know, I I don't know what the situation is um, in uh, where you are right now. Our students are slowly coming back to school. We all know what what this pandemic has done for school-aged children, college children. I don't call them children, but college students, all of us, parents that have been stay-at-home parents and trying to juggle and even that, I suppose, could be scientific, um, but juggling, but, you know, trying to um, help their students have impactful thought processes. So with that in mind, and I, I, I'm really curious to know about this, and I, have, I think I might know the answer to this, what age is a good age to start doing STEM with your, with your kids? Um, from the beginning, from the womb. <laughs> so when, as soon as the baby comes out, you, it's learning, like from birth, everything is brand new. And even if it's simply just talking about shapes and colors with the baby, you, you teach them lots of things without them actually repeating it back to you until they're mm-hmm. much older. And so why not have the books be about STEM? Why not have them compare things? Like you could say, look, these are all orange and these are all red. And like getting them to break toys into patterns and things like that. So encouraging those skills that you use in science. So no, your child doesn't need to know what macroscopic means at nine months old or a molecule. But there can be a picture of a molecule and what they're doing. And if it is colorful and interactive and it encourages the parent to talk with the child and interact with them, I mean, all the better. Why not have it be science or math? Right. I, I'm, I'm looking at your website, and I, I would just like people to know that you have a really fabulous website. And Ryan is spelled R-Y-A-N in case you know, because everybody spells things differently, and I think it's important to actually speak that. So your website is RYANRyanEducationConsulting.com, and there's all kinds of information on there. It's very colorful. It's, it's really very well done. 
and you know you offer a lot of services and i think that that's terrific and people can certainly read more about it you don't know by doing this if you are inspiring that next generation that thinks hmm it's it's really funny i i have to digress just for a moment just to tell you when my daughter was growing up she wanted to be on stage she was a performer she went and she got a degree in theater arts from UCLA. But I said my husband was an engineer. And while she didn't like math and science, she didn't, she still inherited those genes. And now she is in her 16th year in commercial construction. And this is so funny. When she started in her beginning beginning role in this construction world, he went out and bought her uh, algebra and geometry for dummies because she didn't care about that stuff. But you know what? It became intuitive to her. And I think it's terrific that we are seeing women in these fields of engineering and medicine and chemistry and science and astronauts and all of these different things. And I'm not just saying that that so bully for women. I'm saying that this is good for everybody, but it has certainly opened up the doors uh, where more women now are doing precisely what you're doing. You had a reason to go into chemistry. I mean, you obviously loved it, um, and, 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 but you can drill it down, and I think that's what you've said is so vital, is that it doesn't matter the age. You could even just, you know, I used to sell Tupperware, and they had these blocks, and you could you had to stick the matching block. The square had to go into the square, and the triangle had to go into the triangle. Well, you didn't just put it out there. You said square. Find the square, Dave. Oh, there's the square. Okay, put it into the put it into the hole that matches the hole. That's what you're talking about, right? Using those everyday kinds of things that they don't even realize, and maybe you didn't either, Marcia, that you are showing those kinds of scientific skills, aren't you? Definitely. And even when you're playing ball with your kids, like you're inherently talking about gravity and potential energy and kinetic energy, like those are all there and they're learning. That's great. Are there certain books? I mean, certainly we would really like everybody to check out your book, which is Let's Learn About Chemistry, which is designed for a younger child. But are there certain books that you would encourage parents to have in their library to encourage STEM thinking that you would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's a whole genre of um, science for – it's called Science for Babies or Science for Toddlers. And let's see, Chris Ferry is a really good um, player in that field. And then there's Ruth. She writes some amazing books that um, are beautifully illustrated. Um, but yeah, doing a search online for that genre. There's like, I think my book is in the children's chemistry section. And so nice. by it being children, they already um, narrows the age down for you. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of books out there. They're posting and usually they're very simple. And yeah, as a, as a science person, the concepts are simplified. And I wouldn't want, like, a college graduate level person coming out with this understanding. But for a child, I think they're wonderful because it helps them see their own world around them in terms of science. So, like, my book 
I have them play the game, which of these is not like the other? And they use common household things, uh, like toys that are their favorite toys, and they figure out which ones are solids, liquids, and gases. Very simple stuff, but that really helps them think about the world because that's when you notice, oh, hey, this isn't liquid anymore. It turned into a solid. I think something changed. Um, and so being able to, like, look at these basic characteristics, that really helps them down the road. I could, you know what, you, you are drawing such pictures in my mind. I am so loving this, and I'm sorry to keep anecdotally filling in here, but you are so engaging. And here's the picture you drew in my mind. You want to make jello. You put the jello into the bowl, you add the cold water, you add the hot water, you mix it up, it's liquid. Then it goes into the refrigerator, and guess what? After a while, it's not liquid anymore. What a fabulous way to explain liquids and solids, right? Yeah, what's a really fun one that I did during the pandemic, and we had my son home for, let's call it 15 months, I think, from pre-K, so I was taking on that role. And one of the days he said he wanted to make popsicles, and I asked him, how do you make popsicles? We've got all of this um, fruit puree. What would I do to make it turn into ice? And he was like, maybe we put it outside. And all of my being wanted to correct him and say, <laughs> no. But I also thought, what? I've got all the time in the world right now. Um, let's mm-hmm. put an ice cube tray outside and see what happens for him. Um, and it ended up being a 90-degree day. The water evaporated. And he was like, huh, that didn't work. And then he was, like, trying to find new ways to do this. And he ultimately came upon the the freezer and then we made the popsicles but the great part of all of that comes months later when we were driving in October and the rain starts to turn to sleet and my Mm. son out of nowhere says mommy the rain is turning from a liquid to a solid because it's (gasps) so cold and I was like exactly exactly like that's it right there (laughs) wow that was what we would call an aha moment, right? That Absolutely, is Absolutely, yeah. And so by them making their own by them making their own um connection, they're mm-hmm. able to do that and then it sticks with them so much longer than you just correcting them because then you've shot them down too. Like, oh I'm wrong. Never mind, I might not be good at science. Um and so you just kinda learn not to ask questions or give your answer where if I let him work on it himself whether he gets it wrong or not he builds his model in his brain and then it has to change until he gets it right and ultimately someday it'll it'll fix itself but it's okay for him to be wrong for a few days and that was tricky for me as a parent to bite my tongue but I'm really glad I did yeah yeah that's you're you're right about that because um, as I hear you say that, um, I could have imagined myself saying, how do you think a popsicle that's frozen is going to freeze sitting out in 90 degrees? I mean, I could, hear, I could hear that critical person in my head thinking that instead of saying, hmm, well, let's see if your idea works. And if it doesn't, then let's see what other idea you might come up with. It, it generates a tremendous amount of wonderful conversation, doesn't it? It does. And it's something that... I don't know. I just, I, 
I'm an educator and a scientist, and I always view things through a student's eyes, but I guess I had never really thought about it through a four-year-old's eyes. And so seeing the way his brain works has really changed how I approach some of the content. Like I really break it down to the most basic. And then I also give parents the kinds of questions that they could ask, because I know that that's something not all parents would feel comfortable doing is coming up with those kinds of questions that you need to ask next. So I try to highlight those as well. Well, and I think we should, well, we're going to talk about that um, before we conclude this conversation. I, I think you probably already responded to this. If someone is listening and has a child with an un- incorrect understanding of how something works, I think your response is, let them try and figure it out. Is that what you would say? Yeah, I would say even though it's uncomfortable, let it go. And try to give them contrasting cases of something where you know that's not going to work. Like you, you know what their model is in their head, and you know that it's going to fail based on real life around you, show them something mm-hmm. that will challenge it. So put an ice cube outside in the heat and watch it melt. Um, and then they, huh, wait a second, you know, and think of it like that. And instead of you telling them they're wrong, they figured out that they were wrong and made it right. And there's a big difference in those two when you're in your confidence levels of yourself. I, I agree. Um, so why do you recommend STEM activities at home with their child, um, do you think that that is equally as important they were doing something like this in school? I think it can be complementary to school. So school has a very specific set of things they have to teach your child. And at home, you can explore the things your child's really interested in. So one of the things during the pandemic, and I know during that time I had all this extra time to do this, um, but I Mm -hmm. went by what he was interested in. I would say, hey, buddy, what would you like to learn about this week? And he would say, oh, I really like bugs. And so we would dig holes in the yard and, like, stuff like that to talk about bugs. And I would find worksheets online that taught counting and letters with bugs and things like that. So just using it as a vehicle to learn even more. But then you can even go with the older kids. You can do science challenges. You could say, okay, here are your materials. Who can build a solar oven that can make a s'more? And and which one makes it fastest? Or things like that. And so you've got a competition Mm. between your kids. They're learning something. And it's fun. So it doesn't... We don't just have to pop in front of a TV. We can also do some other things. Though so TV has its place sometimes. <laughs> sure. Well, you you mentioned um, I loved your example with uh, with the yogurt and and how that can be an activity. Do you have some other suggestions on as as parents or grandparents are listening? Some other ideas that for activities that they could do with their kids. Yeah, one of my favorites to do, and my son's, is it's super easy, too. It's baking soda and vinegar, and you pour it in a bowl, and you have them talk through what's happening. This is a solid, and I'm adding it to a liquid. What's happening? Oh, it's fizzing. Oh, look, it's making noise. And my son would be like, I wonder if this is hot. And asking all these questions, and then I ask, what do you think is in the bubbles? And how do you know what's in the bubbles? And then what? it's a gas. But how could you know that? And so you can do the experiment again inside a water bottle and put a balloon on top, and that balloon will fill up with the gas. 
that was produced in the reaction. So it proves that there's a gas there. And it's really fun. It's mind-blowing. It's even better with a, um, a rubber glove because then a hand pops up, and it's pretty funny oh to watch. Gosh. Wow. Um, so let me ask fun you this. One is, Oh, let me let me excuse my interruption because that is sounds so cool. So for those that are listening and thinking, "Dang, I want to do that," what's the ratio of baking soda to vinegar that you're going to put inside that plastic glove? Um, it is trial and error of okay. what you and your kids do, and then you can see like, do I need more vinegar than I need baking soda? And you can talk about that. Like, does changing the ratio change how big the glove gets? Wow. Okie dokie. Very good. Thank you. All right. I interrupted you, so please continue because you were going to give me another example of an activity. Oh, another fun one is the lava lamp one that you can do is um, you take a water bottle and you fill it with oil, vegetable oil, and water, and you add food coloring to the water, and you add an Alka-Seltzer tablet, and it bubbles and starts to make a lava lamp because the water and the oil don't mix. And so the Alka-Seltzer tablet produces carbon dioxide bubbles, and as they rise up, they pop, and then they go back down, pick up more, and keep just circling. So you end up with this old-school-looking lava lamp, and it's really fun. Wow. I suppose if you wanted to get really dramatic, you could drop a tad of food coloring in there too, couldn't you? Would that change? Yeah, the consi- you definitely. Would, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I think I, I may have forgotten to say food coloring. Yeah, you add the okay. food coloring to the water. Yep, and then there's the color. Um, some colors work better than others. Um, mm. I've been hearing from my followers that yellow food coloring just is bad all around for all the activities we ever do. They'll be like, don't use yellow. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> so um, I really like to use red or blue just because they're so visually like popping, um, and so mm-hmm. I, I use those when I do demonstrations, but that's a really fun one. And then the well, other one I really recommend yeah. that uses mm-hmm. the same materials is food coloring, oil, and water, is you can make your own fireworks in glass, um, and they spread out in the water, and it's so beautiful. So I share those on my uh, Instagram if people want to get the ingredients for that. I'm, I your your segue into that could not have been more perfect because I am trying to take notes and I'm going, oh, my God. So I think that this is a perfect time. I think people should know that you do have an Instagram um, page, and it's simply Let's Learn About Science, but you also do TikTok. I honestly, that is that is a social media platform that I personally don't use, but I have friends and and my daughter, my daughter-in-law, they get recipes there. So tell us about your goal with your social media, particularly as it relates to Instagram and TikTok. My goal is to make science more mainstream. So, for example, I posted the Make a Fireworks in a Glass, and it went viral, and it got 1.7 million views. And that means 1.7 million people thought about science that day. And that, to me, is really cool. (laughs) Um, No kidding. So even if if it's just this, like, simple moment of, like, where they see 
I have a series with my son where I actually research the questions he asks me that I don't know the answer, like how fast is Splash and things like that. And so, like, even if all they're doing is looking at the math behind how fast Splash is compared to other (laughs) superheroes, like, that's still (laughs) science, math, and technology. And I love it that that's a part of their day. Um, But it's to make it more mainstream, to make parents so they can see I usually time lapse what we do so you can see all the steps so it's not hand waving. It's like, look, here's the magic that happened, here's the experiment. But I want them to see that I actually did it. Um, and so they can see that they can do it too. That's and they will they can see that on your Instagram page, correct? Yes. And on I have a separate website for that. It's let's learn about science dot com and it pulls in a lot of the things from both of those pages, but that's a good place to find all of it if you're not sure where to go. <laughs> oh, that's really good. I'm glad you mentioned that because um I will make sure that that is included in our follow up. So let's learn about science dot com is another website that people can visit. But what if okay, so you mentioned kind of you know, people have water. People probably have some kind of oil. Maybe you do or you don't have food coloring. Um, but what if you don't have the fancy chemicals and equipment in your home? Then what? You don't need fancy chemicals or equipment. Um, one of my favorite things about that came out of the pandemic. I'm not going to say I had a favorite thing about a pandemic. Um, One of my things that came out of it that I enjoyed learning was how to adapt things to different households. So I did a live um, example of that baking soda and vinegar one with some people in Taiwan and the Mm. U.S. And someone in Taiwan was telling me they didn't actually have Alka-Seltzer tablets. And I was like, huh, I wonder what we could use. So we started researching and found that you could use citric acid tablets, which they did have. And then one man did not have a balloon in his pandemic home, but he had some rubber gloves. And so that's where we came up with the rubber glove idea, because it was something that just came out of necessity that that people had around their house. So there's so many things you can do with baking soda, vinegar, water, oil, stuff you've got it in your kitchen. Um, and I try to make most of my experiments evolve, revolve around that because when I came up with a lot of this, this was during the pandemic. And so it had to be something that I could get easily at a grocery store um, without having to shop a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to keep it cost effective for uh, families who were in the same socioeconomic status bracket as others. I think that's I think that's terrific. I, I, boy, it must be great being a kid in your house. I'm just saying. Do does does his what's your? Do you mind saying your son's name, or would you prefer not to? Oh, I can. Uh, Charlie. Charlie, oh, I love that. So does does Charlie have friends that come over and and enjoy some of these experiments with him? So now it becomes communal as well. Um, so we just started sending him back to pre-K, um, so uh-huh. he's just getting back to that. But we had definitely had a hard time getting him to go back because he loved school with mommy, is what he said. Yes. Um, and well, so you're the fun mom, fun. of he's, course. <laughs> he used to wake up and go, what are we going to learn today? Or what science can we do? And I'm like, I love it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, his school is wonderful, and they do a lot of things, too. Um, but it's 
we haven't done it with other friends around just because we are still in this like weird phase where everybody's yeah. still keeping to themselves in a pandemic. <laughs> sure, sure. I that and honestly, I, I that that does make sense and you know, it I don't I mean, I don't know how you would draw the pandemic into this conversation with a 5-year-old, but maybe you do. But uh, you know, it's it it is interesting, but you know, I could just I'm just visualizing being you and being you the mom that enjoys all of these things you're just talking about. And so here's something else that just flew into my mind. Flying a kite. Well, what makes the kite stay up there, Mommy? Why do some people put strings on the end of their kite? How does the kite know? Why does it go up higher if I start to run? I mean, I'm just... Boy, I'm telling you, I don't have grandkids, but I'm going to go find one. My God, I'm just thinking about (laughs) all of those fun things that you must do. Is kite flying one of them? (laughs) Uh, My son and my husband do fly kites together, but we haven't got those questions yet from it. Um, Right now we're just uh, learning the the skill of getting it up in the air. But, um, yeah, he asks questions like that a lot and I'm going to be honest with a lot of parents here I don't know the answer half the time and I have to look it up so that's something I really encourage to parents is it's okay if you have to learn alongside your kid that's so fun to do and then they see that learning is something you do your whole life and not just when you're a kid and that's really important I think you're right. I, I, I was going to ask you about that, and I think you basically answered it right now. I was going to ask you if a parent, I mean, take me. I mean, I wasn't scientific or, or did well in math. You know, my kid asked me a question. I was like, oh, God, go ask your father. You know, but guess what? Dad's not home right now. I'm home. So I can see that sometimes you just don't know the answer, but today's in today's world, you know, we didn't have the Internet back then where you went to Google and asked Google a question. So, you know, it was a little bit more challenging in those days. But today with modern technology, there probably isn't anything you can't look up now, is there? Exactly. And your child doesn't look at you and go, ha, you didn't know. Like, they're like, oh, cool. And you learned alongside them. Um, and so I think that's something that at least I know I had to get over was that it's okay not to know the answer. Like, let's look this up together because we don't need to know everything. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about that parent that's listening going, Oh my God, how can I add one more thing to my life? I'm I'm working from home. Now I get this a zoom call. My kids on a zoom call at home and I'm, you know, the laundry has stacked up to the ceiling, you know, so what, when a person is so busy and they're listening to this, what do you say that they can, how can they add, how do you, how do you recommend adding STEM to their lifestyle? I think you incorporate it and not add it. Um, because like we've been talking, there's science all around and you can, you can highlight patterns that are happening. Like when you're folding laundry, you could have, let's fold a shirt, then socks, then pants, and then they help. Um, And you can Mm -hmm. do that, but that's a pattern, that you did it in that pattern. Or you could have them sort their toys today. Or you can, there's definitely some great independent play kind of games that are like, um, I don't know if you've heard of Osmo or Tacto. They're both um, iPad computer games. And 
they teach science through a game, and the kid never once notices that they're learning. They are learning. Um, you reflect lasers, or you. Um, one of them is about coding, and so you learn how to pair things together to have if-then statements. But they don't know that's what's happening. They're just beating the level. Um, and they're getting this in the background, and it's time to yourself. Like, I let my kid play that when I'm making dinner. Um, and so he's hmm. learning, playing, having fun. It's all independent, and I only go help when he really needs it. And so that's something, too. Science can be part of that independent play. It doesn't have to be just, like, a junk cartoon. It could be a cartoon that has a message um, or a cartoon that teaches them something. So because I'm completely unfamiliar with this, so would you mind spelling those two games that you just talked about? Because I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> um, one is Osmo, O-S-M-O. And uh-huh. the other one is Tacto, T-A-C-T-O. And we love both of them. Um, I would say they're probably competitors, but I like them both. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they both have different games that are really fun, and they're for different ages. So they've got things for the smallest to the biggest, and they go off your iPad or Kindle. That's interesting. So what you what I just heard you say, because I, you mentioned coding, um, so you, you're, what you're saying is that your 5-year-old could enjoy it, but what about your 12-year-old? Would this would this be I a, think they a have game? a different I think they have a different set of games for twelve year olds, but yes, there would be something like I'll bet by twelve kids will know how to make an app if they've been doing this since they were a kid. So maybe there's something that's like you make an app. I don't I'm not sure because 'cause I'm at the five year old level, but um Right. I know right. they do have other games for older kids, like other kids that go with it. I see. So we've we've talked a little bit about some of the books that you recommend, and now you just mentioned um, a couple of games that that kids could do. I think about, you know, when I was a kid, we had games like, or or toys, I guess it wasn't a game, called Lincoln Logs. That That was something that came in a cylinder that my brother played with. Well, if you were going to build a fort, it wasn't going to stand up, if it wasn't even, and I don't know that we ever considered that to be some kind of scientific mathematic toy, but I suppose as, I, as I'm as i thinking back to those days, I suppose Lincoln Logs were some type of a toy. If you're stacking something and you want to put something on top of it that makes it level, right? There's probably... Definitely. You, yes, and architecture, really? that's STEM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely a STEM toy, so or Legos. Um, there are lots oh, of Legos, kits right. that um, I don't know if other people like kits. I love kits because they come with these activities that I didn't have to think of, and they're usually mm-hmm. pretty foolproof. Um, and so there's a STEM one called Kiwi Crate, Kiwi Co. Um, they've got different crates for different ages, so it goes all the way up into the high school ages, um, and they grow with your kid. And so the earlier ones are more craft-like, and the books are, oh, rainbows, this is a rainbow, where the older kids actually build stuff that they can use to play. Um, Hmm. And then there's Mel Science that is a proper, um, like, science kit, you know, like back in the old days where there was uh, science kits with chemicals in them. 
um, right. with like that, where they'll send you the whole experiment, with the steps you need to take, and you can do these fancy chemical experiments at home, and that's really fun too. And the Kiko that you mentioned, is it is it K I K I K O? I mean, how do um, they spell that? <laughs> Kiwi K I W I C O Kiwi Co. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, you know what I'm doing? I'm I'm spelling somebody's name, and it's so it's K A. I mean K I W I K O or C O. C O. Um, and you post this to your website. I do have a code if people wanted to test it out. Oh, lovely, lovely. I, I, you know what? I'm I'm so I'm so glad you said that because I would really want people to easily be able to find some of this information that you've been talking about because, you know, somebody might be driving in their car or walking on a treadmill somewhere and they're not writing this down. So I'll make certain that this is all available to our listeners so that they can go back and go, shoot, that sounds really good. And, you know, I could also just see where somebody listening could say, okay, so at my school – you know, I'm really involved with the students, and I work with the teachers. I'm a teacher's aide or whatever it is I do. Um, now that our kids are coming back into the classroom, and maybe these are some items I should be purchasing or we could be purchasing that could be utilized um, in, the ca- in the classroom. Because what I hear you saying is there's, there's so much more beyond the actual STEM there's so much more beyond learning. This is a gas. This is a solid. This is a liquid, because it's not being done in silence. It's being done in community. It's being done in conversation. It's being done with, you know, well, what do you think? Or, okay, we just did the blue food coloring. Do you want to try a different color? Let's see. Why? I wonder why red or yellow looks different than blue. I just see this. I think I never stopped talking to my kids. Uh, hello, I never stopped talking to anybody for that matter. But I think that <laughs> I never stopped talking to my kids. Like, I hate to say this with, in quotations, but I would say sort of like adults. I never baby talked my children once we reached that puzzle stage or, like you said, that Lego stage and things like that. I, I always kind of just spoke to them like they were just a peer, which, of course, obviously, I know they weren't. But it, it is interesting that, that that's just another byproduct, isn't it? It's these conversations surrounding these experiments in these STEM, um, these STEM activities, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think it's terrific. Um, I know that you have this motto, and I know that your motto is, Science is for everyone, and I love that. I love that you say that because it is so inclusive. It's not just designed. There's no barriers. Science is for everyone. And so let's let's talk about that and what that means to you personally. Yeah, so like we had discussed earlier that when I was growing up, science was encouraged for girls. and I felt represented in the field to a point. Um, it was still learning. It was still shifting. To, so when mm-hmm. we would visit science labs, it was still mostly males. So I was being told one thing and shown another. Um, and so what I think is super important is making sure that kids see 
in themselves. They see themselves in these fields that I can do this. I may not know somebody who does this, but there are people like me out there. Um, and then it's not just for certain people. It's for anyone who wants to do it. And science is not just for the scientists and lab coats at universities doing studies. We can use science in all of our everyday to figure things out. Um, it's, it's all around us. So it doesn't just have to be people in lab coats telling us science. We can understand what they're talking about. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm a story collector. So do you have a couple of stories based on the time you've been doing this now for a while? you have some stories you'd like to share with us based on what you've been doing? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, one of my favorite ones I already told was the, the ice cube story because that one yes. um, really blew my mind. <laughs> um, yes. I would say um, when I was in graduate school, I was in a program where I got to teach in public schools in Chicago that were, I was kind of like a co-teacher. with, And so I got to bring university science to the schools. And the goal of the program was to make me and the other graduate students better at communicating science to the public. So my mm. entire time I've been in this field, has, I've had that that mindset. And I remember I had a student and we did this activity. It was from Carolina Biologic and they had, um, it was a thing where you could diagnose different diseases and learn about symptoms and uh, body systems. And so what they would do is they'd be like, I don't know, I need to run an MRI. And they'd come up to me. I'd give them the result of their MRI. And these are like middle schoolers. And then they would be like, nope, that's not it. And they would have to figure out this puzzle of what this person may have had. And I had this uh, university I was at donate lab coats for them all to wear. And they presented their research at a medical conference in our class. And I wrote their names on the board. So it's like, let's say their last name is Smith. It was Dr. Smith, Dr. Jones, and the different names. And I had a little boy come up to me and he said, I didn't know I was allowed to become a doctor. And I got tears in my eyes. And I was like, mm. wow, like, that's so powerful that even this pretend play um, that you get when you're really small, like even the act of wearing the lab coat and pretending you were the doctor, like just made such a big difference in like how they viewed themselves. So I think that that was a, that was kind of pivotal for me as well. I bet. I, I, wow. It, it is, it's, it's exciting, Stephanie. It's exciting. And I am looking right now at your consulting page, and you do provide a lot of services. And I'll make sure that, that people that are in the educational world, um, I, I'm going to presume, so maybe I shouldn't make any presumption. I remember what that, what presume stands for. Um, <laughs> can you, can you help, um, teachers and educators that are not living where you live can people reach out to you to get information on how they can provide some of these same assessments um in their schools uh yeah they can um like i mentioned mostly i'm working at like the state level but yeah if parents and teachers wanted to reach out to me on my social media accounts um i definitely respond to those 
And okay. if people tag me in a question, I help answer it, and I help people okay. think of things they can do in their classes. So when when you mentioned that you're that you're really working at the state level, um, does that mean that you personally are contributing to the textbooks that are then going out into education? Um, in some places, yes, and on standardized assessments. Some of my questions, or I help teachers write those questions, kind of like that. So I'm not in the school doing that. I'm at the at a, at a different level doing that. So what you so let me understand you. And I'm sorry if I'm so you're talking about standardized assessments, or or another word, another way of saying that is standardized testing. So you're that's allowing the schools to see is what they're t- are are the students learning what we're attempting to teach is that really what you're saying is that did I get that right yes or so not I help really states develop those tests I see oh that's really that's an, it sounds like a it sounds really interesting and I don't you just wonder you know fast forwarding where Charlie's going to be um 5 years from now you know, and how he's going to be taking what seems like, well, God, Mom, doesn't everybody do this in their house? It's like, well, not necessarily, honey. <laughs> no, some people are not doing this with their kids in their house. But I could I could just visualize, because you sort of came to this naturally. You mentioned your dad was an engineer. He's coming to this, it sounds like, in a natural form, too, where it's not being, you know, cram down his throat, like, okay, well, now we're going to do, you know, STEM for the next hour. It's like, oh, fine. I just want to watch cartoons. You know, it sounds to me that you have found a really nice balance on how to make learning fun. I mean, that's really what I hear you say. He still has to know how to read. It's not going to help him to do these things if he can't read what, what he's supposed to be understanding so it's it's not like you're skipping the reading you know and i have a feeling that if i had to guess and i was just like peering into your house through a window he probably can color and draw and diagram these things as well can't he <laughs> a few of them he really likes learning about the human body and organ system so he could probably <laughs> really draw you a pretty good picture God. of that um but one thing I do want to highlight to parents, Please. because I feel like that description um, is that I did a lot of that out of necessity um, during the pandemic was I needed something um, to work on. And I went with my strengths and things I enjoyed, and I documented that for other parents. So there were some days when I didn't feel like doing some of that either. And it was like, okay, but mm-hmm. I said I would teach parents how to do this, and that's my, my calling during this. Um and so we aren't we aren't just fun science all the time, and um, uh, we definitely do a lot of like learning about letters and puzzles and stuff like that too. Um, so I just want parents to know it's not like this all the time. <laughs> well, sure. And you know, honestly, I I didn't really think that it would be because if if it if it's if there's just a single focus in the house. Um, you know, you, you could lose them. They, that's like enough already, Mom. I'm not interested. You've lost me. So they're, they're, it goes back to that word, and even the even the word balance, you could almost make it scientific. 
You know, I, I, you know, I think I, I spend a lot of time thinking about brains and different things that go on in our brains and how different people process what we learn and, and how that changes over time. It, it, even, you know, I've asked probably a clarifying question about something more than once that you already said because I might not have got it the first go round. And I think that right. that you know that what you're doing adds so much value, and and that's why when I knew I was going to do this show with you, I was so excited because I knew that so many people can get. You pick and choose. It's it's you know when you go to Target, you don't just go down one aisle. You know maybe you're not interested in looking at sheets and bedding because you want to go and look at the granola bars. So you know you you balance it, and I think that that's what I think you have done so beautifully in that you have provided resources for people to think about kind of like what they say, you know, thinking outside the box. Maybe you really never thought about it this way. Maybe you've been doing it all along and you didn't even realize it. And maybe you have more than one child and now you're asking the younger child to teach the older child and the older child to teach the younger child. I mean, I see all kinds of of ways of um, working what you do into a family lifestyle. I just think it's terrific. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really do. I think, I don't know where you see yourself. Do you see yourself writing another book in the next year or so? Um, That's a goal. Uh, right now I was focused on getting my son back in school and helping with that sure. transition, and now I'm kind of figuring out what to do with the social media aspect. Uh, that ended up taking off in a way I hadn't expected. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of figuring out how to juggle both. <laughs> yes, and juggling, another form of science. How does it stay up <laughs> in the air if I'm going to drop it? So, you know, I I know that you, you've, you've been very generous with your time, and I really appreciate that. I, I hope that the people listening have, have have given another thought to learning about chemistry and learning about things that they can do with their own children or grandchildren. And I just I want to thank you, Stephanie, for being so um, generous with your time with me today I've, and, and allowing me to interject at times because this just sounds just phenomenal to me, and I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. All right, everybody. So go out, be safe, have a great rest of your week. We are really coming to the end of August. I don't know how that happened, but have a great week. And I'll be here with you next week when we have when I have another terrific guest um, who wrote a book called From Hollywood to the Himalayas. That's a very interesting show coming up. Thanks, everybody, and bye for now. <laughs>